0: listening to Tax Talk, a podcast series from the Irish Tax Institute, which explores current issues in the world of taxation. I'm your host, Samantha McCochran. In this episode, we'll be taking a more reflective look at last week's budget, which saw an unprecedented spend of 11 billion euros. We'll be discussing the ramifications of this historic budget for business, for taxpayers and for the economy, and examine whether this outlay will be sufficient as we navigate the energy crisis this winter. Joining me to discuss these topics and more are Colin Brown, president of the Irish Tax Institute, and economist Austin Hughes. So, Colin, I'll, I'll go to you first. Um, just to, before we maybe go into some of the topics that weren't as positive in the budget, it was somewhat good for business. Uh, surely there was, uh, you know, on the cost of living measures. Very certainly, there was some positive news for for for, for businesses there.
1: Uh, yes, Samantha. Certainly, I think most businesses. We're very relieved to see the new BES scheme. Uh, we've had a number of uh, different schemes with Acrobans over the last few years. And now we have the tbes the Business Energy Supply Scheme. And I think that's going to be very important, obviously, for businesses in the coming months. Um, and they're going to need that support to help uh, bring certainty to uh, the energy bills that are inevitably uh, on the rise in the coming months. So that's certainly positive. Uh, Outside of that, then, obviously, there was some loan schemes and things announced uh, by the minister or the Ukraine Enterprise Crisis Scheme, which is for the manufacturing and internationally traded services. And then the Ukraine Credit Guarantee Scheme and the Growth and Sustainability Loan Scheme and they provide cheaper loans to SMEs and to the agricultural uh, businesses um, to help uh, provide working capital uh, at low cost uh, in the coming years. So they will certainly be important uh, schemes um, for small business. But outside of that, I suppose, not a huge amount in terms of thinking ahead to the longer term
0: yeah because there's been a lot of conversation in the lead up to the budget from the institute and other uh, business bodies about how now is the time for ireland to sharpen its um, any tax initiatives or any tax schemes it has given that we're you know moving uh, towards a, a new tax regime for corporation tax. And we need to be very mindful that we're competing with the rest of Europe and we need to make sure our schemes are as good as can be uh introduced, you know, under, under, under the kind of restrictions that are out there.
1: Yes, a lot of the measures were short-term in focus and maybe understandably so on the basis that SMEs need support right now. I mean, there's probably no point in talking to an SME business owner about a two to five year plan when they're in the middle of spiralling costs due to the energy crisis as labour shortages and other input costs are rising. So the government approach is probably what the SME sector want to hear about uh, right now. Uh, Obviously, a lot of talk on the the global tax change as well and the 15% rate, but in reality, that's not going to be applicable in the SME sector. It's for turnover over to 750 million uh, level on a group consolidated basis. So the 12.5% remains in SMEs know that. But I, I, I think what's um, probably important from what the Institute would talk about and our members and what's important for Ireland Inc is developing that uh, strong domestic SME sector to help future-proof against economic shocks uh like the figures that the minister revealed on budget day around 10 companies and 500,000 uh workers paying a third of the entire tax take um our corporation tax levels hitting uh over 22 billion next year coming from a 3 or 4 billion euro base maybe 7 8 years ago so you know we really need to think about developing and investing into the future in that SME sector. There was some uh, signs I suppose in term- terms of uh, his signal around the key employee engagement program which is the share scheme to incentivize and retain employees in small uh, and medium-sized businesses. Uh, there will be changes we don't know the full detail of that yet but uh, One important piece that he signalled was the ability of those companies to buy back shares, uh, which creates a liquidity in, uh, or a market in those shares. And that's important. He signalled there would be changes to the R&D tax credit. That's probably more likely to be around making it a payable credit rather than an offset against corporation tax. But We would need, I think, to see changes in that front, uh, Samantha, to make the credit more accessible to the SME sector. Things perhaps like pre-approval, if you have uh, the technological advancement, pre-approval from revenue that you qualify subject to obviously having the correct documentation and paperwork to support the SME sector uh, in making those claims because there is a fear out there about getting involved? Will you have the right paperwork? Will it lead to clawbacks down the line and things? So I think, you know, providing, going that extra step for the small businesses would be critical a step forward.
0: Uh, So 11 billion is a huge amount of money, um, Austin. Um, It was interesting to see the government, you know, stepping more and more into support areas you know we've seen obviously the pandemic support we're seeing this um business energy support scheme but even in the areas of childcare, um, stepping up support there stepping up support in terms of children's school books even so this idea of a bigger state is is materializing Uh, at the same time we saw recently um the commission on taxation didn't get a great uh, response quite a a mix would be kind of a kind thing to say from some quarters a very negative response so where does that leave us with this bigger state uh risky kind of thoughts about our corporation tax balance uh, and uh a need for you know you know just greater funding in the future
2: well i, I suppose the, the first thing to be said is that uh the government is primarily focused on getting through the winter yeah you know at the risk of showing up my irish you know that old saying ní heilán a na probably Suggest what this is about. This is a budget that is meant to address a hole in the roof at the moment and very stormy economic weather, and it does that reasonably well. But any sense that you know you can look back and think about what should the roof look like, what should our economy with that's that's really something for another day. Um, to my mind, I think. We've seen a a very substantial injection of funds into the economy, but it is broadly needed. Uh, I reckon that this year consumers are suffering to the tune of about 7 billion plus on inflation. Next year you're going to look at something not quite short of, or not much short of that. So in those sort of circumstances, I think this is a budget that takes the real sting out of the worst of the deterioration we're seeing in terms of inflation and in terms of global economic slowdown. Uh, and in that regard, I think the budget is fairly successful. I don't think it aims to be much more. But there is a nice little element where, again, as, as you mentioned there, um, it, it does seek to actually maybe point in other directions, because While most of the focus around inflation at the moment is understandably around the energy surge, you know, 40% in the latest increase year on year in the latest numbers we've seen across the euro area. Um, And food prices, again, moving into double digit sort of increases. So it's understandable that a lot of the focus is on emergency support. But, you know, in areas like um childcare support like the primary school books like uh, the reduction in um or sorry the, the easing in uh, third level fees there are sense that you know the government is at least signaling its intention to address cost of living issues that run but behind or away from our immediate problems so uh, I hope I'm not being too optimistic on this regard. You can't do that if you're an economist. But there are at least straws in the wind uh, that suggest that they are going to look at the cost of living more generally in the economy. And in the main, that probably is signaling a bigger government, because if the government is saying, you know, consumers are going to pay less for university fees, um, who's going to pick that up? The government is going to pick up, obviously, the tab for primary school books. It's going to pick up the child care. So we are almost by stealth and I, you know you could argue that it's by accident rather than design that we're moving towards a bigger government uh, and that's before we think about the other issues that push us in that direction which are things like climate change broader infrastructure, you know, housing, healthcare issues uh, and, you know, the, the aging of the population that's going to require a lot more supports in terms of pensions and healthcare. So all in all, I, I think, you know, the government isn't signaling anything, but by, by its actions in the budget and by these small sort of measures, it's saying we are going to have a bigger government. And by definition, that's going to imply we need more tax revenues. Now, the only thing we really saw in terms of tax gathering of momentum, you know, we saw the uh, tax on cigarettes, and we saw the, the duty uh, on cement blocks, you know, which again is telling you that the government may look to penalise certain sectors of the economy. So, you know, in that sense, the old reliables will be touched in the future, but the government is going to have to look behind the couch, under the couch, you know, and around the rest of the room for new sources of tax revenue. And as the reaction to the Commission on Taxation suggests, none of these are popular. None of these are going to warm people's hearts. So the government will tread very warily, I think, for the next while, both for economic reasons. You don't want to warn people about higher taxes at this current uh, particular time in the economy, but also for political reasons. It's very difficult for a government that has come under fire for so many reasons in the last while to say, and by the way, the next thing we're doing is we're going to increase the taxes you pay. So stealth, there are signals there of higher taxes to come, where they'll hit, how much they'll hit. I think you're going to have to wait for a while to find out.
0: And for now, um, as you mentioned earlier, Column, a key part of our ability to spend uh, this much money on a budget um, has been uh, the FDI corporation tax. And, um, and, you know, this has been really, you know, quite notably mentioned as a risk increasingly in the last number of months. um, And, and, and the minister mentioned it there on, on the budget last week as well. So, uh, you know, as head of PwC's Centralised Corporation Tax Compliance Function, are you worried about that risk?
1: Um, Well, I suppose up to last week, Samantha, I was worried about getting all the tax filings done on time and things. (laughs) But, um, you know, based on the present climate, there doesn't appear to be any apparent cliff edge in the short term. Uh, But I think, you know, we can't be complacent. And, you know, appreciating, I suppose, in recent years, have been difficult, Um, you know, as we've spoken about very much a short-term budget, Uh, there's been major issues, the present one being the energy costs, Brexit is obviously there, the pandemic um, over the, the past few years. But, you know, we do need to get away from the here and now as well in our planning and look at the macro level and I suppose while governments are consumed with the short term and power and political opinion polls, etc., we probably need a longer term strategic focus driven by probably the Department of Finance. Um the they have set, set out uh, corporation tax roadmaps in the past. The minister mentioned the personal tax uh, paper uh roadmap to be set out, a medium term personal tax. Uh, The Department of Enterprise, Trade and Employment have recently carried out a consultation or due to issue a white paper on enterprise policy uh, later this year um, with a focus on the SME sector. And, you know, we'll need to see action on that very quickly. But, you know, the, the FDI community, the jobs, the company's presence here is really, really important to Ireland right now, and it's going to continue to be really important. But we need to take action to protect ourselves. We don't know what the longer-term picture holds. And to my earlier points, I suppose, about developing that SME sector and supporting it around research and innovation, making sure that um, entrepreneurship and people who establish start-up businesses are properly incentivized to do it. Uh, Looking at the CGT rates, looking at entrepreneur relief, um and how do we foster that environment of innovation and development in Ireland to build a stronger uh, domestic um market for for business and one that rewards and incentivizes uh the people who take that risk and ensures that they do it here in Ireland rather than going abroad so i i I think there are risks and there are concerns of course, but right now probably noting to really concern us in the short term but you know we're we're looking at a really narrow tax base when you look at the numbers we mentioned earlier so we we do need to be mindful that has been constantly highlighted the commission on taxation and welfare highlighted it again and you know even looking at that number of people that contribute on the income tax side you know we need to look at um broadening that tax base and finding ways that it's not reliant on uh, so few companies and uh, so few, you know, we're looking at 20% of our employees contributing along with 10% of companies to a third of tax. It's, it's a huge number.
0: And, and Austin, you know, uh, there was a lot of uncertainty, has been a lot of uncertainty about the global economy, uh, questions about a, a global recession. And, um, the recent events in the UK certainly haven't uh, helped matters. So their, their mini budget was very different from our budget. But how, how are the recent events in Britain helping or not helping Ireland's uh, outlook in the near or, or, or medium term?
2: Well, I have to be a two handed economist here and say that, you know, there are two aspects of this. One, you know, If the neighbours are noisy and messy, it ruins the neighbourhood. And unfortunately, you know, with the UK economy suffering under, uh, you know, what our really poor policy decisions at the moment uh, i think uh, that will undoubtedly spill over into a negative influence on the irish economy so i uh, i think in terms of the economic hit it's modest but there will be several companies for which this will be the you know another added element they will have energy costs General sort of cost problems, and now they find they're trying to compete uh, with sterling uh tumbling so that that's one element that in that regard it, it's a, a definite negative in another way it's it's actually could be regarded as a positive because what we're seeing here is you know a failure of public policy and a failure of fiscal policy uh, and You know, the contrast between what's being done here and what's being done across the water uh, is very positive in terms of the Irish economy. We're also seeing a very significant response of financial markets to the idea of the UK government effectively writing a blank check uh, for um, the energy price cap. Now the Irish government has written a big cheque. We you, you mentioned the eleven billion, but it's not a blank cheque, and that's a very important difference as far as sentiment in financial markets is concerned. There's small steps in the Irish budget that are very positive, and there's a big leap in the dark in the UK budget which has caused all sorts of problems.
0: Um and column I know Austin was saying there that um some of the measures in the budget will have taken the sting out for for low lower um income earners but um s- some of the commentary around this budget has been that you know it has been helpful particularly to uh, the so called squeeze middle uh, and I know uh, one of the kind of ongoing issues uh, that the you know the institute would would raise is the fact that earners here move very quickly onto the higher rate and and there was some um you know tweaks on that is 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 that still an area you think more could be done on uh, for those um earners that quickly move up onto that higher level you know in terms of our attractiveness that has come up as an issue um for 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 potentially attracting workers here
1: yes um i suppose in short the answer is more could be done probably samantha but i i think to be fair the step where the band uh, has been moved forward to 40,000 euro it's a big step forward um We haven't seen action like that or movement like that in the personal tax bands for a long number of years, so I think I think it's important. It's obviously really important to people here in the domestic uh, market. It obviously uh, contributes to what ends up in their net pocket uh, or in their pocket, and on a net basis, and is obviously you know key in terms of the extra bills and things that will come into households. But to your point, in terms of competitiveness and attracting business here. Uh, we've spoken already about the 15% rate and you know likely to be some agreement on it if not globally at certainly EU level subject to the Hungary, Hungarian position but you know then multinationals start to look at the economy as a whole what's there if we move employees over there how do we attract and um, incentivize people and very quickly uh, personal tax rates come to the top of the list there and you know, we compare poorly enough against the UK, against Switzerland, the US, other competitors like that. So, it, it, seeing that change in the budget is important from a uh, competitiveness point of view on the international stage. And I think that uh, while people will say more needs to be done, it obviously has to be looked at in the round in terms of, you know, what measures can the budget do at one, or can the government do in one budget, and how quickly uh, can they address all of these problems. Uh, what was helpful as well is the extension of the SARP scheme, which um, obviously is very important on the international stage in helping to attract key decision makers here to Ireland. The income level has risen from 75,000 up to 100,000 euro, but what's key is the continuation of the scheme. It's uh, a difficult one, probably politically, but uh, very important on the international uh, market in terms of getting key people here because in order to keep Ireland attractive, we need to bring key people here, experience Ireland, experience the talent that we have and the economy that's here and get them to make decisions positively in favour of Ireland uh, and having a scheme like SARP is important. And along with um, the advancements to the personal tax regime, which helped to raise the barrier or the level at which people hit the higher higher rate.
0: As you mentioned, there, SARP so isn't particularly popular in some quarters, but presumably there are similar schemes in in other countries, uh, which which means that we, you know, in order to compete, we need something along the same lines.
1: Absolutely, and you know. Um, while uh, certain, uh, I suppose, uh, members of the Oireachtas might very much zone in on it and uh, highlight it uh, uh, in an adverse way. Realistically, we need, uh, as a small open economy, to have uh, something like SARP on our legislative books and to keep it there in terms of, as I said, it's people who make decisions. So we need to get key uh, influencers in multinationals, here to Ireland, and we need um, schemes like SARP on our legislative books to enable that.
0: And Austin, um, you know, we know consumer sentiment is trending down. We know people, some people are certainly feeling already that there is a recession-like sense around the place. But the employment still remains high, um, you know, and if, if it continues to remain high, will Ireland actually... Has Ireland a chance of escaping a technical recession, do you think?
2: I think Ireland has a good chance of escaping a technical recession. Will it be harder for people? Undoubtedly, yes. It's going to be tough in terms of cost of living. But, you know, there's still a lot of resilience in the economy. If I can sort of uh, morph into the earlier discussion there, just in terms of the, the sense of what Ireland has to offer, you know, a very significant issue in terms of the, the multinational sector, looking at things globally. They will look at events like the UK mini budget and the the generally sort of, let's call them colorful political characters that, that tend to decide UK uh, politics and, and uh, you, you know, the decision making there. So I think that will be, you know, There is obviously always going to be an issue about the marginal income tax rate, but when people look at the potential for really chronic instability uh, in, in areas of the economy, they will look at the UK and they will look further east as well and say, you know, Ireland is actually not a bad place to be because of these elements in terms of the offering. Again, accident rather than design that some of our, you know, competitors may well be shooting themselves in the foot but it is one of those things that will will actually be a focal point for government and i think in terms of the the multinational offering the question will be more focused on do can we f- find somewhere to house people, you know, what sort of health care, these sort of issues. And those will probably be the elements. Now, in terms of, you know, a change and being more dynamic in terms of our tax regime, my sense is, is, as they have done over the last while, they will engage with the various European corporation tax initiatives. But there isn't any sort of benefit to being out ahead of the bus in that regard. So, I think we will probably watch and wait in terms of significant tax initiatives there. And that may be something that forces a more radical rethink on taxation, but we're probably a few years down the road from it. Um, the difficulty in terms of coming up with new measures, as I say, you know, there is the most, not the warmest political welcome for the Commission on Taxation and Welfare. What has been extraordinary is, you know, in discussions of pension reform, how what I think are very much needed sort of changes to the pension age have been totally sidetracked uh, because of political obstacles and it just hasn't been possible to move. So in that regard, I think it's very difficult to see a grown-up conversation about how taxation would move because particularly we are going to need more talk about taxation on property, uh, taxation on wealth. But these are issues that politically are no-nos. They're taboo subjects at the moment. So I think the land will probably lie for a moment uh, or f- for a couple of years in that regard. And the final element I'd say in this regard is that, you know, consumer sentiment, as you say, is suffering. We're at 14-year lows. Consumers are really nervous at the moment. i Hope the budget will help them in that regard but that's only one form of shock that the economy is seeing. The other form of shock which people don't really talk about in these terms is the corporate tax shock. Uh, and as Colin has said, you know, there is no immediate sense that this is going to fall off a cliff. It is really important to, to be risk averse and to treat it as possibly being temporary. But we have a shock there which actually allows the government to spend more money. And in that regard... Again, I think it means that they delay the evil day in which they actually have to to talk about what the future for taxation may look like. So I think there's a lot of reasons beyond the current sort of problems around energy that mean taxation is pushed to one side. My big worry about this is that it only comes back to the fore When we see a serious economic downturn, and then it's a case, where do we get in the money? And then it's not the efficiency or the effectiveness. It's just how do we get the most money in through the coffers, which was the the point back in the financial crisis. So it's very important that the Institute continues to push on this. But they are pushing on a door that is significantly closed at the moment. OK,
0: so just to go back to SMEs for a minute, um, Colm, uh, you know, the temporary business energy support scheme was welcomed, but we have a very uncertain few months ahead of us. Um, even, you know, looking to the immediate future as opposed to the sort of longer, shorter to medium-term future um, where there's quite a lot of complexities coming down the tracks, as Austin was saying, but just in the next few months, um. Are you concerned that more businesses are going to fail? We have been talking for several years now that there's a sort of a tsunami of, uh, you know, failures on the cards. They've been sort of uh, supported through COVID. Companies will be supported through uh, this energy crisis. Are you concerned that uh, if if there is more energy um, increases and costs coming up over the next few months, that we will see those businesses, more and more businesses begin to fail?
1: It's probably too early to say, uh, Samantha, I mean, what has gone on in uh, recent times in terms of the level of supports and things by the state is unprecedented. And, uh, you know, what we have found, I suppose, is um, that businesses have shown resilience and adaptability. But how much of that is down to the subsidies and how much of it is down to pure business in terms of their ability to adapt and flex uh, probably still needs to be flushed out. Um, you know, we've seen just uh, the EU are starting to move on energy the windfall taxes, probably going to do some more work in terms of support and prices, both at EU and government level. Um, and obviously for a lot of SMEs, one of the key issues hanging over them is the debt warehousing, the tax that has been warehoused uh, over the past uh, couple of years. And now that 0% uh, rate of interest is coming to an end at the the end of this year. And revenue have been engaging with um, businesses in that sector um, over the recent uh, weeks in terms of planning the uh, installment arrangements, the phased payment arrangements uh, for the warehouse debt. At the three percent rate of interest, and I think until we get into the meat of those discussions and engagements around the sME sector and seeing you know how businesses are able to cope with it and what kind of phase payment arrangements they're able to enter into, we probably won't really get to see uh, the real test of it, and even when we agreed those. How smooth they they actually operate in, in terms of how compliant the s m e sector can be in meeting the terms of those phase payment arrangements, and like we will need to see uh flexibility pragmatism from revenue and lots of those. We need to look at them carefully to make sure we don't um in any way rush to judgment on some of the businesses like there are a huge amount of viable businesses that have just had a very rocky few years and we need, they were profitable and compliant prior to uh, COVID and the current crisis. So we need to stand back. And in fairness to revenue, they have shown that throughout the pandemic in terms of the operation of the schemes and their engagement with uh, small businesses. And equally, I suppose, you know, in government policy, in protecting those in businesses and ensuring the protection of the jobs. Uh, they've worked very carefully to do that over the last couple of years. And I think having done that, they're going to be mindful that we, we just don't throw it all away. So I think, you know, it it's going to be uh, tread carefully, I think, over the next 12 months and, and see because in reality, you know, we just don't know how long this crisis is going to continue. And we've come through a number of crises. So, you know, we, we, we need a bit of time to see it. But there's there's certainly a concern there. We have to be re- realistic about that.
0: A last question for you, Austin. You know, when COVID started, there was a huge nervousness and uh, uncertainty. The government um put in some measures that, you know, are very supportive and of businesses and we actually you know did far better than we would have anticipated um at this stage now is the government taking the right steps and is there anything more the government should be doing right now
2: uh, i I think you can quibble with some of the small print in terms of it you know for me <laughs> I, I I think going for twelve euro rather than fifteen euro in terms of the weekly pension increase was uh, a bit silly. I think they could have been a little less miserly around that, but you know when I say that that 's telling you that in the broader scheme of things they 're doing most of the right sort of Policies at the moment. The critical issue, uh, and it picks up on what Colin is saying, is not to, you know, really create a class of companies that is on permanent life support due to government subsidies that is where the issue and again maybe there is a signal in that in part in the the decision to end the uh, the temporary vat cut for the hospitality sector in february there is a need that you know you need to wean companies back and to ensure people that that's going to be the case i i think there is that sort of implicit sort of message in the temporary nature of most of the schemes so I would be quite encouraged by that. Then the issue, as I say, uh, you know, is to move the conversation onto the longer term element. We are going to have a a move to a, a higher energy cost economy in the coming decades, you know, that's inevitable. So there will be companies that can't survive that. You will need to see more company failures. You will need to see a different tax formula for a different economy, uh, and you need to start that conversation. But economically, as I say, because of the crisis at the moment, consumer sentiment, you know, really down in the dumps. Every business is worried about how they get through the next month. That's not the time for this greater conversation. But they do need to start thinking about that as soon as hopefully we get to slightly warmer weather economically in the you know the spring of next year
0: okay uh, we'll leave it there uh, thank you Colin Brown and thank you Austin Hughes and that's it for this episode of Tax Talk thanks for joining us